This is Curl Up with a Cat Tale, and I'm Gwen Cooper, the New York Times bestselling author of numerous cat-centric titles, including Homer's Odyssey, A Fearless Feline Tale, or How I Learned About Love and Life with a Blind Wonder Cat, Spray Anything, More True Tales of Homer and the Gang, and The Book of Possum, Head Bonks, Raspy Tongues, and 101 Reasons Why Cats Make Us So, So Happy. We're here to celebrate all things feline and to tell inspirational cat tales. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tale with Gwen Cooper. I am, of course, Gwen Cooper, your host, and delighted as always to be here with you today, albeit one day late. We are this week a little bit off our weekly, our usual weekly schedule, and I am about to explain to you why, or it will become clear to you why, uh, when I explain what's going to be happening in today's episode. So we are going to be talking primarily about Ukraine today, and we actually, this this is a, a sort of unprecedented for this podcast, but we have two guests today. Um, our first guest, is Ashley Byrne, and she is with People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, or PETA. And our second guest is Alexandra Sava, and she is the the founder and, and co-runner of a small family animal rescue organization called Sava's Safe Haven in Romania. And she's going to going to the, both of these people are going to be talking to us about what their respective organizations are doing for animals, for the animal, the four-legged refugees of the Ukraine crisis. Um, and it took a little while to to actually be able to coordinate these interviews and to get people. Obviously, these are people who are incredibly busy at the moment, as you will hear from our conversations. And so, uh, but I did want to schedule them and I did want to speak with them this week. I did not want to wait another week before we had them on the podcast, uh, because I do know that many of you are anxious to know what you can do to help the animal refugees of Ukraine. And let me just say right now, as a kind of spoiler alert, uh, (laughs) I I will tell you up front and without any further ado, that the best thing right now that you can do, if you want to help the animals of Ukraine, if you want to help the families who are trying to evacuate And remember, as we always say on this podcast, when you help animals, you help people too. So we view this as doing our part to help the families, the men, women, and children of Ukraine. If you want to be a part of this effort, the best thing you can do is to donate money. Um, The three organizations that I would personally recommend, actually four, um, the first one is People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, or PETA. The second is the International Fund for Animal Welfare, or IFA. Uh, the third is going to be Sava's Safe Haven. And if you do a Google search for Sava, S is in Sam, A, V is in Victor, A again, Sava's Safe Haven, you will find them pretty easily and you can donate there. Also, the Cat Cafe in Lviv, and that's L, V is in Victor, I, V is in Victor. And this is actually a cat cafe within Ukraine that is not evacuating. They are staying. They are staying with their cats. They are also, in addition to the cats who live at the cat cafe, they are taking in neighborhood cats, cats from people who are evacuating and and have no place else to go or are unable to evacuate with their cats. And so they are staying there. And you can make donations to them online as well. Although... Part of the difficulty now is not even necessarily just with money. This is within Ukraine, but the inability to get supplies, necessary supplies into the region. And that's why assisting the efforts of those who are at work at the border crossings, who are helping refugee families as they cross the borders, again, organizations like PETA, IFA, and Sava Safe Haven is so important. Uh, one point that I do want to address, by the way, uh, so that nobody ats me with this later, please don't at me, please don't email me angrily. Um, I know that PETA is a controversial organization. I personally do not agree with all of their positions. I know that they are not always friendly or perceived as being friendly toward the no-kill shelter movement, for example, of which I am a staunch, staunch supporter and ally. 
And so we we don't we we don't always see eye to eye. We we sometimes have our disagreements about the best way to serve and care for non-human animals. Uh, but I will tell you this, and and some of my personal experience with PETA, by the way, we will discuss in the interview in my interview with Ashley that's coming up in a little bit. But I here's what I will say. If you are looking for a group of people who will literally run into a war zone, who will be willing to run the risk of getting shot, getting blown up, people who will stand in front of a tank, people who you will tell them there are landmines over there and they will run in there anyway, who will do all of these things for the sake of trying to rescue or protect an animal, it's PETA. The, these these people, I, I believe that the word that, that Ashley uses during the course of our interview is relentless, and I think it is a good word. Certainly another word would be committed. Uh, these are people, I, I think nobody can doubt how committed they are to protecting animals from the harm that humans would see would seek to inflict upon them. And so if you are looking for 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 who is going to run into a disaster, who is going to put themselves into harm's way for the sake of rescuing animals, it is definitely PETA. And I, I will say that the PETA Germany right now, their their German organization are primarily the ones who are working at the borders, who are doing the most on-the-ground work to protect animals right now. And technically on paper, that's all happening at border crossings. As refugees are crossing borders with animals, unsure, you know, without food for them, without carriers, without supplies, uh, without pet passports, without proof of vaccination, all of this, PETA Germany is is helping them feed their animals, care for their animals, uh, sort out what what the needs may be in terms of paperwork and and figure out where they can go and where they can stay. Uh, But I do know that in addition to that, many of their workers and volunteers are also themselves going into Ukraine bringing supplies to animal shelters that are unable or unwilling to evacuate. Uh, speaking of which, and, and again, you will hear bo- both of my both of these interviews, both of my conversations, uh, but something interesting came up in my conversation with Alexandra Sava of Sava Safe Haven in Romania, uh, because she was telling me at one point about her her family. And, and this, by the way, so Sava Safe Haven, because you might notice this on the website, it is typically a dog-only shelter. They, they're a rescue organization for dogs. But under the current crisis, they are also rescuing cats, taking in cats, caring for cats, helping find um, either foster homes or homes for families together with their cats. So they are providing the same services for cats as they do for dogs. I just want to be clear, if you go to their website and you only see dogs there, please do not think that I have steered you toward an organization that in this crisis is only assisting dogs. Uh, But anyway, Alexandra was telling me about some of the work that they are doing in, in providing shelter for dogs and cats whose families are not with them at all. Their, their families, their, their people are, are bringing them over the border into Romania and then going back into Ukraine. And, and I asked her why that would be. And of course, the answer is, is pretty obvious. And, and it, it, I, I never claim to be smart. <laughs> I'm compassionate. I'm more compassionate than intelligent sometimes uh, because that this really did not dawn on me pretty quickly. Uh, but the reason, of course, and, and this is primarily men who are doing this. And the reason for that is that they are going back to fight. Um, they are bringing their dogs and, and cats to safety over the border. And then they go back to fight themselves. And I I have to tell you, and, and in some cases, and I, and I do want to emphasize, I, I believe at this point, actually, Romanian men between the ages of, of 16 and 65 are, are not allowed to to leave the country right now because they, they either are fighting or may have to fight. But by the same token, I, I also know that there are that there's, I think, very little conscription at this point that most of the fighting is being undertaken by volunteer fighters. Um, but I, I I almost had to to cut the interview short at that point. And, and it didn't continue for very long after Alexandra told me this because I 
just the thought of of these people making sure that their that their cats and dogs are okay and and safe in another country and then running back you know going back to fight in a war themselves um it just struck me as as incredibly moving and selfless and i th- those poor animals who i'm sure they they ha- cannot possibly understand what a sacrifice their their humans are making or or how much they risked for the sake for for the you know for their safety how much those humans have risked for the safety of of their their feline and canine companions um but i i felt uh I, I felt very humbled. I was going to say I felt very small, but that, that doesn't sound right. I felt very humbled in, in the face of that, um, in the face of, of those kinds of life and death decisions having to be made and having them made and executed with such grace and courage. And and then there being an organization like Sava Safe Haven on the other side of that border to understand that sacrifice and and to provide care for those animals you know, I one thing that that is commonly said, I, I think, among animal lovers, particularly people who work in rescue, we we so often see some of the worst things that people do to animals, or just that they do in general. Uh, that that a lot of us have developed can have this idea, right? That 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 people animals are amazing and and people are rotten, and and <laughs> touche, I, I suppose, especially in in the midst of of what is going on right now. But I I never I am I'm truly and sincerely of the belief that that the number of good people in this world so completely outnumbers. The number of of bad people it's it's really not even close, and it is a shame that that it is so much easier to to be to do hurtful, destructive, devastating things. I mean, this is something I always say: a, a strike, a, a bomb explodes in an instant, it, whereas it takes an oak tree uh, one hundred years to grow to its full height. You know, active of of destruction are are swift and startling and and they 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 capture the the imagination and and cameras and and whereas works of of construction works of growth they they happen in in quietly and and in small out of the way places and there is so much more coverage of of a putin than there is of the people who are risking their own lives to to protect their animals before they go back to fight. But I will say something that I always remind myself of, and even in the midst of, of the kinds of horrors that we are witnessing right now, is how fortunate we are to how much of the best of human nature is brought out in situations like this and, and how fortunate we are, even in the midst of of all this ugliness and chaos to be able to witness it. And and we are also lucky in that we are able to support it and contribute to it and, and be a part of its goodness in that small way. And coming up in a few seconds, we are going to hear from one person from Ashley Byrne of People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, who's going to tell us how to do just that. So I'm going to ask you to sit back, get comfortable, and stick around for more curl up with a cattail. Sticking around, I am joined today by Ashley Byrne, and Ashley is Director of Outreach for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, otherwise known as PETA, and she is here today to give us an update on PETA's efforts on behalf of the animal and four-legged refugees uh, from the Ukraine crisis. Ashley, thanks so much for being here today. Gwen, thank you for having me on. Um, so so tell us first, you know, people for the ethical treatment of animals. Uh, obviously, we are all very familiar with some of your your protests and and the the um, 
awareness and public service messages that you put out there regarding things like meat and fur and so on and so forth. Uh, but this is actually PETA's involvement in a disaster scenario in a war zone. Um, I know that this is also in general something else that that PETA does. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what PETA is doing for Ukrainian refugees right now? Um, you know, it is, and that's a good point. I think people um, are do tend to be very aware of our of our campaigns of our, you know of, of that type of work. But um, PETA does send help um, on the ground anytime we can uh, during disasters, whether it is, um, you know, something like um, a flood or a hurricane, or in this case, um, you know, a, a, a war, because um, animals don't wage wars, but along with innocent human civilians, they are often some of the worst affected. And um, in addition to that, people who have been so traumatized by uh, what's unfolding in their country are traumatized further when they get to the border and, you know, they've worked so hard to stay together with their animals and then they run into red tape, um, you know, and, and difficulty bringing their animals with them into another country or the food shortages, um, you know, that are, that are affecting the entire country, um, make it hard for them to feed their animals. So, um, we, um, we have, um, PETA Germany, uh, staff and um, and I believe also uh, well yeah P- Peter Germany um, is on the ground providing aid um, and then we've been doing other things for instance um, you know Peter UK has been um, pushing um, you know for standards to be relaxed in the UK so that it's easier for um, anyone fleeing the Ukraine and trying to come to the UK to bring their companion animals with them. Um, we're, we're just doing everything we can to help people directly on the ground and then help, um, you know, get these restrictions eased so that people can leave with their animals and families can stay together. And, and I think that's an important point to make, by the way, because and, and we certainly saw during the evacuation from Afghanistan, for example, um, a lot of people or, or a lot of animals who had been in shelters um, with American, you know, with American and, and UK rescuers had a difficult time getting out because they weren't going to be permitted into the United States because of paperwork and and you know, other restrictions like that. So I I think that is an important point to make. And it is my understanding that a significant number of countries that border with Ukraine have temporarily waived a lot of those restrictions that if you're trying to get into Poland or into Romania or even into Germany at this point, um, that if you don't have a pet passport or proof of vaccination, you are not necessarily prohibited from getting in. Is, Is that true? Is that the case? That is correct. And the different countries have, um, you know, different ways that they have um, made things easier, ranging from relaxing entry requirements to um, just having resources at the borders, um, you know, to administer whatever, um, you know, vaccines or or microchips are required. And um, PETA UK actually has a page dedicated to keeping information up to date for each country so that anyone who is fleeing with an animal and needs these resources, um, you know, can find, can find the information on the country where they're going. Um, so, you know, we've, we've been asking people to, you know, to share that and get it out as widely as possible um, so that, you know, anyone who needs that information knows it's available. And and thank you for pointing that out, by the way. We've also been sharing that information on, on our social media, but it does bear pointing out that, that please, we certainly urge everybody, and, and we have a lot of listeners in the United States, but also throughout the world, to seek out information and share it. it. It really cannot be shared widely enough, even if you think you don't know anybody who is personally affected by what's happening in Ukraine. You never know. We're all six degrees of separation and so on and so forth. And so just making sure that that information is in as many different places as possible is is something important that we can all be doing right now. Um, I, I do want to get back to, to PETA Germany. You, you talk about their work on the ground. Why don't you tell us a little bit more specifically about what they are doing at this point. Are, are refugees from Ukraine coming into Germany or are is PETA Germany going into other countries that border with Ukraine trying to help refugees or, or is it both? 
Um, well, so I, I, it's both, but especially PETA Germany has sent, um, you know, uh, help to the borders um, along with administering urgent aid to animals and humans um, who are arriving at the borders exhausted, um, starving, and often in need of medical attention. Um, PETA Germany has um, distributed um, tens of thousands of pounds of dog and cat food, um, provided uh, blankets and other supplies to animal shelters, um, actually in the Ukraine. They've, They've been crossing the border into the into Ukraine to provide these supplies to shelters and and to people who have stayed behind um, with their animals and and need these supplies. And then they're also providing these um, these resources to people who are arriving at the border with uh, with their animals. Um, they're also working with shelters in the Ukraine to um, bring animals to safety. Um, they are. Um, they're transporting um, some animals actually, uh, you know, to Germany um, where, you know, they'll be safe and out of harm's way. And, um, you know, they can be put up for adoption if necessary. Um, they're, they're just doing everything possible, um, again, in, including crossing the border um, and delivering supplies to people and animals directly in Ukraine, in Ukraine, and and then bringing bringing you know bringing animals out with them when they leave, um, and, so just hands on everything that they can do, and 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 that that sounds to to me, admittedly a civilian, uh, like it might be a fairly dangerous endeavor for for those those relief workers and volunteers to be crossing into Ukraine into into a war zone effectively. Um, you know, they are. Um, they're they're very brave and they're motivated by um, by kindness and um, you know I think that um, we you know I think I think we see this we've seen this um, across the board in this situation and in other disaster situations I mean you know we've seen I think thanks to social media we've seen brave people who run shelters staying on the ground in these dangerous, um, you know, zones so that they can care for their animals. We've seen just individuals um, carrying, you know, their, their dogs on their backs for miles. Um, and, and, and then we've seen the relief workers putting themselves in harm's way to help. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, this, we, we really do see people just, um putting their own interests aside and, and doing everything they can to help these innocent human and animal victims um, of, of this war. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's certainly a, a small encouraging bright spot in something that is so devastating and tragic. We're going to hear later in this episode uh, from a woman who has, she and her mom have basically a small family-run animal shelter in Romania uh, near the border with Ukraine. And she was telling me that uh, a lot of men, Ukrainian men, who are themselves not permitted to leave the country, men between, I believe it's the age of 16 and 65, uh, many of them don't want to. They they want to stay and fight, I, but they they sort of have to to at least be available to stay and fight whether they want to or not. But that uh, they're seeing a lot of of these men bringing their their dogs and their cats across the border and, and then going back, basically leaving them in in shelters right on the right on the the border and then going back to Ukraine. So so their dogs and cats are safe while they themselves are going back to fight. And I was just wondering if if that was something that that you were seeing as well, if arrangements were being made. In the case of animals whose whose people were able to get them out, even though they themselves are are unable or unwilling to leave, you know, um, I, I think that that actually is another thing that we're encountering. And even just as of as of this morning, I mean, our most recent updates are that that PETA entities um, have partnered with um, a Polish charity called ADA Foundation, um, and they've set off on their latest rescue mission. Um, with um, two large vans and an animal ambulance. Um, and their plan is to bring 80 more animals 
from Ukraine, from a shelter near the border, like um, exactly what you're describing, um, over the border into Poland, where, you know, where they can be safe and brought to shelters in Poland and either reunited with their families eventually, hopefully, or adopted into new loving homes if, um, you know, if they didn't have families in the first place or if, if being reunited isn't possible. Um, and and I know that in that case, um, it's um, the the shelter they're being brought to is um, is again just just over you know it, it's in it's in Poland, um, so another border country. But I think that's exactly the sort of thing that you're describing, where um, even in some cases where people can't leave themselves, they they just selflessly want their animals to be safe and to be cared for. And I think that you know this goes back to the fact that um helping you know i mean when you help people when you help animals you help people exactly this is our philosophy on this show just just so we say it exactly find a reason to say it literally every episode and it really cannot be said enough that human disasters are also animal disasters but the flip side is that when you help animals you help people too exactly and the thing is of course animals deserve to be helped you know just regardless absolutely because of the fact that they feel fear they feel pain um because they can suffer because they can exactly. suffer they deserve to be considered in the moral calculus of it all right. absolutely but when you see how desperate so many people are you know to stay together with their animals to make sure their animals are safe you also realize how important it is um, not to add the trauma of being separated from a beloved animal companion or or of of not knowing the fate of an animal companion, uh, you know, to add that to everything people have gone through already um, is, is just too much. It's devastating. And so really providing, providing this peace of mind, providing this service is, is just such an important part of, um, you know, of, of helping these families who um, are, are just going through unthinkable tragedy right now. You know, something and 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 a lot of my listeners, this is something they already know. On, on September 11th, I, I lived three blocks from the World Trade Center in a high rise apartment with my three cats. Oh. Um, I was I was separated from them on that day. I, I fled from my I worked downtown, fled over the Brooklyn Bridge into Brooklyn, not realizing that the towers were going to collapse. And when they did, I was then cut off from lower Manhattan for a period of several days. And I was frantic, not knowing if my building was still, was still standing, if my cats were alive or dead. And, and even assuming they were alive, how I was going to get back in there to, to get to them and provide them with food and water. And um, I, I do remember that, that, PETA was there. Um, they, they, you guys were, were running a, a sort of clear initial clearinghouse for information. I called to give my name and the name of my building. And, and actually the person who answered the phone recognized my name and the name of my building because my pet sitter was trying also was was trying to get into my building was trying to get into downtown he had a signed agreement with me that in the event of an emergency he had access to my apartment and he was going to try to uh but but put us together and and working together with him and other people made it easier to get in so so this is something that i wow I, I, you know I, I mean every everything that you were saying and and this is again this is a story that is very familiar to people who who are listening to the show i have written about this extensively um and i'm holding my breath just listening to it because i feel like this is every you know this is this is something i certainly think about all the time every time i hear about a disaster where people are being you know prevented from going back to their homes that that would certainly be the only thing on my mind, you know, that there's, there is not a, a, a no, there's, there's not a, a, a that, thing, that, right. Yeah. A, that you the, couldn't replace or couldn't exactly. live without if push came to shove, except. Right. For, but, for, but I just cannot imagine being separated from my animals and not, and not, not knowing. And, and so exactly. So, you know, you really know firsthand um, just how, important it is not just for the animals but but for for their their families for their their humans 
You know, it's, I mean, I, I don't, on, on the one hand, I don't want to over-dramatize this because ultimately I, I was fine. My my cats were fine. We, the, New York was not being bombarded on an ongoing basis by an enemy combatant or, or anything like that. But I do remember being on the bridge as the tower was collapsing and the, the dust and the debris was catching up with us. And, and all of a sudden... I, I really I remember having this thought that that one moment you're just going about your day and, and the next moment you're a refugee in a war zone fleeing from your home with literally nothing but the clothes on your back and and not knowing if if everything that's behind you is still going to be there when you return. And 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 yes, and that feeling of, of not even knowing how your animals are doing um, is itself. The, the, it was the, it was my first thought, and it was really my only thought over the next few days. Even though I I did not know if I even had a home left, and I mean, and this sort of ties into my next point because I would imagine, for as much as as we there have been rumblings about this for a while, most of the people in Ukraine, most of us listening to this, th- this is something beyond the experience of of living memory for most of us. This kind of conflict in Europe. And I, I have to assume that for people in Ukraine, this is still something of a they, they they can't quite believe this is happening. But I'm also wondering for an organization like yours, this has got to be a much bigger operation under much more constantly changing and and potentially dangerous circumstances than PETA has ever mounted before? Or am I wrong? I, I feel like this has got to be kind of a, bringing you to sort of t- really testing the outer limits of, of what you can achieve. Well, you know, I mean, that's a good question. Um, and I would say that it is certainly, um, I mean, as, as, as you said, I think, I think in um, many of our lifetimes, it, Mounting and and certainly in in the existence of in in Peta's existence in Peta's lifetime, um, this is an unprecedented unprecedented situation in in this region in Europe. Um, I you know I think as long as these Peta entities have existed in Europe, we we have not seen something um, of this nature so close so close to home so close to their headquarters so. Um, so, so in their backyard. Um, but, you know, we, we do have a long history of um, just rushing help to, uh, to disaster zones. Um, again, whether, whether they are, um, whether the disaster is, is a weather disaster or a man-made disaster, um, we, we, um, we do have a, a a history of just getting out there and doing what we can. And I think that, um, you know, I think, I think that just the, the philosophy of our organization has always, um, has always been just to be hands-on and, and do whatever we can, even, you know, even if it's the smallest thing, I think you you, you rise general. to the occasion. Exactly, I, I, and, I, I and think in a disaster we all we all do our best to to rise to the occasion, and and sometimes we find that we can do things that we would not have thought previously we could do. Right, and I think as you know, I think anyone who works to help animals, you know, at, at some point you sort of come around to the fact that even even when you're doing something and it feels very small it can make a world of difference to one living being. That's you, correct. Right. You know, if you're, if you are changing the circumstances for, you know, for one being who, as you said, can, you know, can suffer, can, you know, can feel fear or pain that, that, that matters every, you know, even the smallest steps, um, the smallest things you can do, they matter, they matter to someone. So, um, you know, I think it will never feel like we can do enough, but we're doing everything we can. Well, and and with that in mind, obviously, uh, everybody listening who wants to help can certainly donate money to an organization like yours. And and I'm going to let you tell us in, in just a moment how to do that. But w- is there anything else aside from donating money to, to PETA or to an animal shelter that, that's on the ground? Is, is there anything else that that we can be doing right now? 
Um, yes, people can, um, you know, keep an eye out for updates on, um, you know, on PETA's social media about different government officials who need to be um, contacted and politely urged to loosen restrictions for animals um, coming into their countries. Um, again, people can keep sharing information as it becomes available that is, um, you know, useful uh, for people who are affected by this war and who who need information about where they can go and what to expect when they get there. Um, and, at, you know, at, as you say, people can, um, people can donate, people can donate to um, organizations uh, doing work on the ground, including PETA. We have a global compassion fund that people can donate to um, that helps uh, animals around the world um, in situations like these. Um, and, and that is, um, you know, that is the fund that's supporting, um, the work that Peter Germany is doing in Ukraine right now. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that people should not underestimate the, um, the effect it has again, you know, with, uh, urging government officials to do the right thing. Um, they should never underestimate the effect that, you know, that, that reaching out has, because um, again and again, we've seen as we've made these appeals to um, officials in different countries and, and we've asked our supporters to do the same. So many of them have very quickly um, changed their policies. So, you know, that, that can make a world of difference to um, animals and their people. I, I think in fairness, a lot of times it's just not what politicians are thinking about, especially in, in, in the moment of a, a crisis occurring. It's not that they're unwilling. It, it's just that it, it's not top of mind at that particular moment. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I think that's true. And I think, um, but, but I think that as, um, I think as the individual stories of people become um, more available to us, um, thanks to social media, thank you know, and 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 that sort of thing, in more recent disasters, I think there's so much more awareness of how much it affects people um, to have resources to help their animals. I mean, you know, I think I think it's becoming more of a focus because we're actually able to see how much it matters to individual families. Um, and, you know, I, I would just also take a moment to say, um, you know, we're, we're talking about something right now happening, you know, when we're in the U.S., this is happening overseas. I think it's important to remember that, you know, disasters can happen right here in our own backyard. You know, we, we, we are seeing, um, you know, we have all kinds of, of weather disasters that happen and we're seeing them happening, you know, more often and, you know, with, with greater impact. We urge everyone to have um, a plan, to have a, an emergency plan that includes their animals. Um, because as you said, I mean, you know, with 9-11, and obviously you, you're not always going to be in a position, you know, where you are poised to execute that plan. But right. there are times, you know, when you do, when you're home and you need to act quickly and you'll it just can benefit you so much. Well, I'm, I'm also a Miami native. You know, I lived through Hurricane right. Andrew. And, yeah. and so I just, I, I really have come to sort of expect the unexpected. Um, not, I, I wouldn't describe myself as a pessimist per se, but there, there have been several enormous disasters in my past. And I have to go on the assumption that there might yet be more ahead for me. And and I always, again, this is something that that I certainly encourage readers and and listeners to take seriously. Uh, certain things like pet health insurance, I think, is is also important. Again, and in the context of of a disaster scenario, I think it bears repeating. Sometimes things happen, and you know, especially in a weather disaster where people get injured and pets get injured, and so you should think through. How could I provide emergency care for a pet? How could I provide emergency evacuation for my pet? Um, how am I going right. to get the animals that I care for sa to safety or, or, or get them through a, a, a disastrous or difficult situation with the resources I have at hand? And I, I think that's it's something that that's always good to be mindful of and, and to kind of have your mental checklist ready to go. Right. Yeah. Even just having extra food, you know, right. extra food on hand in case. And medication in case you have right. to leave and you can't get it. Absolutely. Exactly.
Um, so, you know, that's, that's something, um, it's something to think about when, when ahead of time, when you don't need to be thinking about it. Right. Right. Well, that, that is the time to, to get your go bag. I've had a go bag now for 20 years, <laughs> really ever since uh, <laughs> September, you know, running for my life without even a change of underwear has, right. uh, you know, sort of impressed upon me the importance of, of having a little bag someplace that has your important documents and uh, several days of change of clothes and, and a few cans of food and whatever medication, some backups that you were the, or, or the cats or dogs may be taking at any given time. It doesn't hurt to just have it and have it in the closet and you refresh every so often and, and it's just good to know. Exactly. Um, and then and, you have the peace of mind. Yeah. Right. Right. That's exactly. Um, so I, I'm going to ask you if people want to donate to this compassion fund, the PETA compassion fund that you mentioned, or if they want to keep up. I, I know that you guys have been posting some individual stories about individual cats and dogs who are who are being rescued, who are being brought to safety through your efforts. And so if people want to follow those stories get additional information that they can share to their own social media accounts if they want to donate to this compassion fund, how can they go about doing so? Um, they can go to PETA.org um, and, you know, there will be different um, tabs on the website where they can learn about the global compassion fund and donate. Um, they can go to um, the PETA UK and PETA Germany pages to, um, you know, read more specific and, and up, up to date, up to the moment information about um, Peter Germany's operations on the ground. And as you said about, you know, some, some individual stories, you know, about some of the, um, some of the animals that they are helping. Um, and, um, and I know that we are posting regular updates on social media as well. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for, for taking time to speak with us today and, and for everything that, that PETA is doing for the people and animals of Ukraine. Thank you so much for having me on, Gwen, and, and for covering this topic that's just on all of our minds right now. And that was Ashley Byrne from People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. And as promised today, we are going to have an unprecedented to interview podcast. And so coming up in just a couple of minutes is going to be Alexandra Sava of Sava Safe Haven, an animal rescue organization in Ukraine. And I say animal rescue organization, which makes it sound very big and fancy. This is actually a small family run animal shelter that has really stepped up in the midst of this crisis to provide assistance to to families fleeing with animals and also to animals who are who are coming across without families as we discussed a little bit earlier in the podcast and so you are going to hear from Alexandra I, I did consider splitting this into to two different podcasts uh, but I really think it's important to to get a perspective from somebody who is actually, physically there and who can speak to what is happening on the ground. Um, Alexandra and I only spoke for about 15 minutes. Uh, part of that, and and God bless her, her English, uh, I think is pretty flawless and it's certainly better than my Romanian. Um, but she she was a little self-conscious. She felt her English was not perfect. And, and so that was part of it. But mostly because they are incredibly busy right now. Again, this is a small family-run, no-kill dog rescue that is now all of a sudden become a kind of a significant player in the the protection, the, the, the caring for animals and families with animals who are coming across from the border, from the war zone in Ukraine. And I actually want to get right to this. I, I don't want any more delays or, or to build up any more suspense. So we are going to once again take a short break of about 30 seconds or so. And when we come back, we will be speaking with Alexandra Sava of Sava's Safe Haven in Romania. So once again, I encourage you to hang out, sit back, relax, get comfortable and stick around for even yet more Curl Up With a Cattail. Thanks 
so much for sticking around. I am today delighted to welcome to our podcast, Alexandra Sava. She is from Sava's Safe Haven in Galat, Romania. And Sava's Safe Haven is an animal rescue organization that right now is providing assistance to, to Ukrainian refugees who are trying to flee the violence with their pets. Um, Alexandra, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, so, so tell us, I guess, what, what is going on? What is, what does a typical day look like for you right now? Well, I have so much to, to do every day because I'm still working in a shelter. Uh, I have uh, 200 animals in the shelter and I'm still working in the local customs because Galati is close to three local customs that um, receive many refuge people from uh, Ukraine. So after the shelter work, I'm going uh, to, to the customs and I'm greeting all the people that travel with their animals. So you are actually meeting people at customs at, while as they are fleeing. You are actually going to meet them at customs. Do they, do they know that you are coming or are they just kind of looking around hoping that somebody will tell them what to do with their animals? Uh, sometimes uh, I know who will come here because I'm speaking with them online because people are asking if I'm coming with, with my animal, do someone is there to help me? And uh, they know I'm here for them and they can't wait to, to meet me in, in the customs. And sometimes they don't know what's, what is going here. So they are very surprised to see that they receive many help for their animals. And what, what kind of condition are these people and, and their, their pets in by the time they reach Romania, by the time you meet them at customs? They come here very afraid and they are very confused because they know what will go on with them. And after I will the animal, they get help from the authorities with shelter, but sometimes their animals can't stay there. So here I'm uh, I'm doing to, to offer shelter to that animals, but also to offer help uh, toward documents because most of the animals that came here are not um, having passports or don't have vaccination. So here I am to help them. So you are actually taking, are, are these animals staying in your shelter while they get their, their shots and their paperwork, their passports, while all of that gets together? Yes. If, if the family don't have a place to live with their dogs or cat, yes, they can stay in the shelter. And so, so you are, are you providing in addition to that supplies and resources maybe for, for refugees who don't need to leave your aunt, their animals with you, but who, who still don't know where, how or where to get food for them and things like that. Exactly. Is there, is there in the customs? I set up a place where I bring many, many accessories for animals like crates for transport. Uh, food, balls, um, collars, and everything is necessary for an animal to travel, but also to survive for for next period. So you meet people at customs, people, refugees who are fleeing with their animals. Um, you help them with supplies and, and paperwork if that's what they need, or if they need a place for their animal to stay, you provide, you're providing that. Exactly. This is uh, what I'm doing now. And and this is not what your your small and by the way, you can you can learn more about Sava Safe Haven online at savasafehaven.com. Um and, and it's pretty easy to find on the internet. And so this is not what your shelter was originally designed to do, obviously. Yes, uh, the the shelter it's it's a family shelter and it's very small. There are only four people working for it, so it's very difficult to to share better shelter and the customs, but uh, you make them like today I'm going to the shelter and my mother is going to the customs and uh, you just try to, to make everything together so you can help in both ways. So I, I guess you, you and your, and your mom are not sleeping very much these days. Oh my God. <laughs> Since um, 
one week or so, I can no longer sleep because I get so many messages from people from Ukraine that are asking me to, to organize a transport shelter for them and their animals. So it's very difficult to sleep in these days. I but but people must be so relieved to hear from you and to know that that there is a resource for them once they make it over the border. Yes, they are very happy to get uh, to get help here. It make maybe it's not a lot, but they are very happy and surprises that uh, Romanian people are even thinking of their animals, not only them. Uh, you know, you like to think that animal people all over the world, people who love animals, no matter what country they are in, understand other people who also love their animals and, and want to help. Yeah, it's, um, it's difficult to know everyone. Uh, it's, um, it's confused of what's going on. And um, here people are a little... I'm like suspicious, like um, really I'm getting help and really you are getting help for my animals, not only mine. And and this is where work, but but it's fine. You are you are coping well. So when you go down to customs to to meet people, what what is what does customs look like these days? Is it is it very busy or are people I mean, obviously it's very busy, but but what is it what is it like to be there? Is it very chaotic? Is are things pretty well organized at this point? Are are people terrified? Are they crying? What what is it like to be there right now? It's a little bit of everything. The customs are very, very busy now. There are a lot of people and it's very hard to work there because you see them, you see how sad they are, how terrifying they are. There are many kids, many many families that um, left behind their husband or their dad. And it's very sad to see them, but once they are here, they get a little comfort. But this is not, nothing compared to, to their life in, in the Ukraine. Well, it's so it's they, very hard for me to see that. No, I and yes, and and for someone who who has lost a a, a parent or a, or a child or a spouse or, or doesn't know where they are in the middle of all this chaos, it must be an incredible relief for them to know that thanks to you, at least they are not going to lose their dog or their cat in the middle of all this. Yes, they are very happy to to get help here. And sometimes it's very difficult for them because they are traveling with their animals and they was not prepared for that. Many people came here without um, supplies for their animals, but also without uh, transport, without a carrier or something to, to make their animals to travel in comfort. So once they are here, they saw that I'm donating crates, food, balls, is there really, I can get it for free? Exactly, you can get it for free. And they are very happy. They are starting to cry. And it's it makes me feel good because I did something to to make her them smile a little. I, I have only two questions left for you. My first question is, this is exhausting and expensive and and difficult and maybe even a little bit dangerous the work that you are doing right now so why are you doing it i'm doing it because i really hope i i really hope i will not be in the same position like they are and if i will one day be i really hope that someone will help me like i'm doing to help them that is exactly the right answer, by, by the way, that, that is that is why you do it. And, and my other my other question is, so for people listening, people here in the United States or, or in other parts of Western Europe, for people listening to this show who who want to help you help the refugees, what can they do? How, how can they help Sava's Family Haven right now? There are so many ways that people can help. Um, they can volunteer for us. They can come here on the site to see to see us and help us. They can join us on um, social media because on social media there are so many people that 
uh, work now together to to raise funds for us to to get what is necessary for for the shelter but also for the this project to help ukrainian animals they can join us in your um, fundraising because now artists from uh, england are making a huge fundraising event where they sell um, artistic uh, paints and something and everything will go toward our animal shelter so so basically they people can follow you on social media um, if yeah. they are in a position to do so they can actually come to you in romania to to uh, to volunteer and help with the animals but most importantly they can send you money the money is still the, the most important thing right if people here want to help they can send money and and that would be the best help you could get right now i'm guessing uh, yeah this is is the best ways now because from uh, your state it's difficult to send aid like food like uh, things for animals so the the best way would be maybe visiting us to volunteer or just donate uh, to towards the cost of the um, everything here right so so rather than sending you blankets or food they should send you money and then you can buy blankets and food and things like that exactly well that's great is is there anything that that I haven't thought to ask that that you would want to tell people about what you're doing what you're seeing or 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 how they can help you um maybe i should tell to the people that uh, for the moment uh our shelter is not giving uh, for adoption ukrainian animals because there are so many people worldwide that are asking to adopt uh, dogs from ukraine oh that's a that's a good point yes (laughs) this is difficult right now because unfortunately shelters in the ukraine are still there animals are still there only dogs with uh, owners came in Romania or Poland or other countries because this animal can travel with their um, owners. But unfortunately, uh, shelters and their dams are still there. These people need help, but this is impossible right now. So, so the animals who are staying with you right now from Ukraine, they have families already that they will hopefully be reunited with at some point. So you're not looking to find new families for them right now. Exactly. Is that animals have owners? Some of them have owners in Ukraine and they gave us the dogs to, to watch them during the war because they cannot keep them in the Ukraine right now because it's risky usually are men that are asking us to do that. But also here, they have owners. I have a little number of Ukrainian dogs that are waiting for homes. But if people really want to give a home to a dog, they they must check our website because I have a lot of dogs that are looking for homes and um, they are Romanian, but they deserve to... (laughs) They they are they are just as as loving as the Ukrainian dogs, but this is exactly. interesting. So so you have dogs and and cats coming to you whose owners are still in Ukraine, and they have sent their animals to safety out of the country. Why would somebody stay in a dangerous situation, uh, but send their their pets someplace else? How about the the men of that country because they cannot they go want to outside. fight. They want to stay yes. and fight, but they don't want. But they don't want they to risk their pets' to lives, do. right? They are forced to to stay there. They cannot go outside. All the men, um, between eighteen and sixty-five, I think, they they cannot travel outside. Ah. And they wanted to to make sure the animals are uh, safe because you never know what happened in a war. You never know if you come home next day or something. So. They really wanted to to make sure their animals are uh, safe. So this is why they come to the customs. They gave us the dogs and the cats. And after that, they crying and left back in their country. This is so, very sad. So so they are staying to fight and, exactly. and they are sending their animals to safety out of the country. That is... Um, I, I I am I'm I am finding myself in tears as I think about that. That is that is remarkable, and uh, and bless you for for taking care of those animals and and for relieving the ang- at least one anxiety that those people have to have to stay in a war zone or to want to stay in a war zone so you can fight for your country 
at least to have the peace of mind of knowing that that your beloved animal companion is safe yeah. outside of that um that is an incredible thing that that you are doing yeah. for those people i really hope that um, at end of the war i can reunite that animals with their owners i really hope that i i really really hope you can too um thank you alexandra thank you for being here thank you for taking i know you have so little time to yourself so thank you for taking some of it to talk to us and and thank you thank you for what you are doing right now thank you so much thank you so much for inviting me and thank you so much for for making this uh, podcast to to tell the people what is going on here thanks so much for listening to today's episode and remember if you wish to assist animals and families with animals and people with animals fleeing the war zone in Ukraine three organizations you can support the international fund for animal welfare People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, and Sava's Safe Haven in Romania. I hope that you will donate a little something to at least one of them. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to seeing you next week. And that concludes this episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tail with Gwen Cooper. Don't forget to invite your feline-loving friends to listen to new episodes along with you. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, find out how to get your name and your cat's name included in my next book, or leave comments or questions for me to answer in future podcasts, head on over to GwenCooper.com now. Thanks so much for joining me, and don't forget to hug your cat today. <laughs>